What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is a Monday rundown on a Wednesday, episode 88. Sean and I started off today talking about the NBA playoffs. We went over the Eastern Conference first and then the Western Conference. Following that, we went around baseball talking about the AL and the NL, each division, and talking about the best teams and some disappointments as well. Following that, we talked about the Kentucky Derby. Sean really had a a hard-on for this one, so we had to go over it. And then finally... Brought to you by SorrySports.com. We went through Thrones Porn again, another weekly occurrence. Follow us on Twitter at SorrySports, on Instagram, Sorry underscore sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com. There will be a lot more articles to come within the next few days. And if you want to write an article or if you have something, anything to say, email us at SorrySports at Yahoo.com and enjoy the pod. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Starting Internet Podcast. We're here for our weekly rundown. You know, we call it a Monday rundown, but we ended up doing it, you know, really any day of the week. So it's a Wednesday rundown this week. Tom, what's up, pal? How are you? We just call it a Monday rundown on a Wednesday. It's too late to change the name. It, weekly rundown is a good name for it, but it's too late. Yeah, I kind of just went, I kind of just went with that. Uh, it seemed fitting right now. Yeah. Um, we got a lot to discuss. So first of all, Having Frenchie on to recap the draft. That big was time. that was big time. Thanks, that, thanks to Frenchie for fighting through injury. We got a Mike Phillips tennis article coming soon. Tennis article. All right. A couple of articles from you will be running tomorrow, and then we are just rating on uh, Frenchie's busy, man. articles. Yeah, we're moving and grooving. It feels good. Grooving. It feels good. And I will be having an article coming out soon, written by myself. It is going to. Can be, you write? I know how to write. Okay. I have an article up there, and I actually wrote the about page on our website, but. I mean, people don't understand as a CEO. You just That's really don't have time course, to do It that. always has to go back to You're this. You're a writer. You do what? The show notes for the show. You write articles. I do everything else. But that's all right. We don't really care. That's all right. People <laughs> don't understand all the behind-the-scenes stuff that I'm doing, negotiating billion-dollar contracts. You know, the other not. thing is is they don't care. So what Great. we're going to do is we're going to start Just wait for my off. article, everyone. It is going to be a recap of Sean and Mike's, because they are roommates, roommates, bar quotes, oh, come on. draft night. You guys have a two-bedroom apartment, but you sleep in the same room, right? More room for activities? Definitely not what happens. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know we'll what? Whatever, whatever imagination you have. It's going to be romance know. novel-esque, I will say <laughs> romance that. Romance novel-esque. Triple X rated. Wow. You have quite... Give me big time. You've got quite the mind, man. You're, give me big time. A lot of adjectives. feel a little awkward sitting across the table from to you right honest, now. To be honest, and we know... You and I both know French is a, um, a professor. He's a college professor. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. I think I would be getting an A++, and he said he doesn't even give those out. All right, I don't want to know what you're doing. I do, have anyway. to call, I do have to call him out, though, before we start the pod. Will did give me a call and said, Mike French's, um, Mike French's article or his discussion was incredible. The guy knows his stuff, but he was soft with his grading. He said soft. He said the worst grade he heard was like a C or a B minus. C plus. C plus. That's just, you know, he's, he claims he's a professor. I don't know what... I. Is is the worst grade? Is he one of those easy A professors? Am I putting him on his am on my schedule during college as oh this guy rate my professor? Do teaches fu- teach philosophy. Oh, okay. So that's an easy. You know that requires thinking, which you know you might struggle with. I so, took a philosophy <laughs> class in college. Okay, I got a B. 
Good for you. All right. Good for you. Anyway, um, no, I thought, I mean, to be perfectly honest, when you're grading total drafts, it's like if you have one or two really good players and the rest suck, like it's interesting. Like keep in mind, you only graded the first round. Right. And remember. Except for the winners and losers. And if you take a first round pick, unless you're the the Seahawks or something like that, where he actually gave them a C minus, I believe. Yeah, he There's said they really, had the worst draft. You're taking for the sure. best talent off the board, Will. So why don't you get the fuck off Mike's back? Yeah, the interesting thing a too is salty because like, we got a better NFL guy than you now, and he's not a Cowboys fan. He's well, not a fraud Cowboys fan, Will. Wow, now he's now he's coming for everybody. Good vibes, good vibes. Coming for Forgot everybody. About All the right, good Tom, vibes. Tom had a really really cool off right now. So you ready to get into this or what? I'm ready. Okay, so we got to start NBA, man. There's a lot that's been going on in this postseason, and last night was really the first time games were not close because this second round has been action-packed with a lot of close games, a lot of fun games. Let's start off in the East, usually the way we do things. Raptors lead the Sixers three games to two last night, and that was one of those not close games. God damn. Did Philly just not get off the bus last night in Toronto? Did they go through customs? And I don't even think that they entered the arena because here's what happened. Joel Embiid sucks. 13 points. Tobias Harris sucks. JJ Reddick ben had three. Simmons sucks. Seven. JJ Reddick sucks. Three. And Jimmy Butler's trying to carry this team. And honestly, it's more names than talent at this point. And Brett Brown's doing a terrible job coaching. They but took- what can you do when one of your guys in Ben Simmons can't shoot from outside of the key? Joel Embiid is is huffing air after two minutes into the game. I don't know if he's sick, but it's always something with this guy, and he looks a little overweight. No offense. Everybody's welcome on the pod. I haven't rejected him. And I like yet. Embiid, too, for, yeah, regardless of what he did guy, to Jared but, Allen, my boy in Brooklyn. Um, he's an ass. J.J. Redick, but I, do I mean, if him. he can't hit a shot, he's a negative. And Tobias Harris doesn't look like he's played a single big game in his life. So when you're Brett Brown, how he much can you do? Well, yeah, you're right. He hasn't. But none of these guys seem like they're big-time players well, right the, now. The other thing, too, we have to really put it. I, I was watching that game last night, and you know what became very obvious to me is how much they sacrificed their bench to go get Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler, which we knew in the regular season. And when those guys, all five of those guys are clicking on the court together, yeah, that's the best starting five in the NBA right now. Well, but you want to know what the difference is when things slow down and play off basketball. You might as well leave Ben Simmons at half court. And well, play you know four, what's so funny is that's what Simmons took so much exception from because that was Jared Dudley's comment. He said it wasn't. He didn't just say he's average. That's what you know everybody wants to throw in. He said, he said half court, in the average. half court he becomes an average player, and we have seen that he's not only average, he's below average. See. Here's the interesting to me. Let's talk about the Sixers first. Let's get into this because they're, it's so interesting. They're going to, if they go down tomorrow night. Coach gets fired. Brown coach gets, gets fired. fired. Although Monty Williams, who seemed like a shoe in to, to take over, is now in Phoenix. But I'm sure that they're going to be looking elsewhere. Elton Brand will be looking elsewhere because Brett Brown, we don't know if he's a great coach. And, and right now, it doesn't seem like he is. But I think there's a legitimate question. Of whether Simmons and Embiid can play together, I don't think they can. When you got a guy that clogs up the paint and a guy that can only go to the basket, I mean, they're running their defenders into each other. They're clogging up sides of the floor, not just the lane. They're making it really difficult for cutters like Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler, who want to run to the basket with Joel Embiid doing a post up at the top of the key, all that stuff, and get layups. They can't do that when Ben Simmons is dragging his man down there because there's really nothing else he can do. The guys are going to sag off of him if he just stands there. I mean, 
there's you cannot have these two guys playing together. I think it's pretty evident. Yeah, and I think they're going to become one of these teams that's entering the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. Now, wouldn't be surprised. That'd be a nice package. I personally think they should keep Simmons. I think point guards. I mean, the, it scares me that the guy doesn't want to learn. Doesn't seem like he's eager to shoot. But well, when that's you watch, thing. when you watch him athletically, he looks like a young Giannis. Remember how bad Giannis was at shooting for a long time. He was basically non-existent from anywhere outside the free throw line. But Giannis wanted to work on his shot. I don't know if Simmons does, but. That's I, I don't really love putting your entire trust into a big man. We see how Embiid had back problems. He came into the league with back injury. Back, He's had foot, knees. Weight, blah, blah, yep, blah. Exactly. It's scary to trust big men. That's it, right. t- This is an antiquated style of play, no matter how versatile he is. Big men in today's NBA are not the centerpieces, which is why I've said about Anthony Davis, yep. I don't think he can be a number one on a championship team. With all that being said... Philadelphia feels like it's Embiid city. When Embiid's playing well and he's got the swag going, he owns that city. It's in the palm of his hand. I mean, they seem kind of distant on Simmons. I think a lot process. of it has to do with, you know, the um the whole uh Kardashian thing. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he just doesn't seem like a Philly kind of guy. Sixers, I mean, the process is the Bible to them and Joel Embiid is the process. So yeah, they're synonymous with each other. I, I just I don't think it would be the right decision, but I I could see them going right in and saying we have to keep Embiid, and you know what, we're gonna kind of just try to build a twin towers kind of model and go for Anthony Davis with Ben Simmons being the centerpiece, or maybe I mean, you go get a Bradley well Beal, maybe a Bradley Beal. I I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, it worked out with Boogie. You know, they won a first round series. If they want to win and the Boogie championship, Boogie wasn't even healthy. If you don't remember, he tore the Achilles. So that's right. Yeah. Well, they made the Miritich trade, and he kind of came in as like a, a poor man's Boogie. But regardless, the Sixers are going to have a lot of questions because I think it is obvious that unless Simmons tries to work on his game and make himself at least somewhat of a threat from the outside, this is a half-court style of play that once you get into the postseason is not able to win big games. At the very least, you have to be able to keep the defense honest. Your your defender has to be able to close out on you so you have an opportunity to go by him and create some space. Yeah, and totally. some opportunities for you yourself and other players, and they're not even doing that. If he gets the ball outside the paint, they're just like, "I'll let you come to me." And yeah, why me. wouldn't you? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing is, we switch to the other team that's that's starting to really solidify themselves as the Toronto Raptors. My pick to come out of the East, Kawhi Leonard. Now, last week we asked each other who's our MVP right now. We both said Durant, and it was a pretty easy answer. Well, Kawhi's entered that fray because he is an absolute freak right now. Okay, not only is he scoring 38 points a game in this postseason, much like Durant, but what he's doing defensively on Simmons, on Butler, he's taking both of those guys at different points in the game and completely shutting them down, even Harris at times when he's the main threat. Kawhi Leonard is making a case that he's the best player in this postseason. And Lowry actually showed up the other night, had a big game. They're going to now have to answer these playoff demons because they're up 3-2. They've got to win one before Philly wins two. They're going back to Philly for game six tomorrow night. I think they're going to win. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It'll be interesting. But I, you know, another guy that deserves a lot of credit for me is Marcus Saul. I was just, just going to say that's a big time move. That's that's really they're really reaping hurt, the benefits right now. Hurt, sick, whatever. I think he deserves a little more credit than Joel Embiid. Um, just being hurt or sick, he's doing a really good job defending him. I think the other thing this shows too is you know Embiid was really able to 
kind of bitch the Nets a little bit because Jared Allen, just from a physicality standpoint, is nowhere close. You know, he can kind of throw him around like a rag doll, and he did in some cases, you know, with the elbow to the face and just push him around. Marcus Saul is a big, big man. He's not going to be able to bitch Marcus Saul. And Marcus Saul is going to stand there and make him earn every step to the basket. And we've seen Embiid kind of show that lack of, you know, endurance and be out of shape. Um, Gasol was brought in for that reason. I think they forecasted a meeting with, you know, with the Philadelphia 76ers and then maybe on down the line to take a Brooke Lopez. I know Lopez is not a dominant physical force like um, like Embiid is, but he's a guy that does have a lot of post moves and Gasol can guard the three ball too. So that, that move is really seeming to work out for the Raptors. I got to see more from Lowry because the games that they've lost, they have been freaking terrible. So, um, I, I just, I, I'm not, I'm not sure on him. They're up three, two. They got to close this baby out. I think Kawhi has 40 and they win this game. They win this game and the series is over. And then we have to see what's going to happen to those Sixers. Absolutely. I think it's blow it up time. I think Brett Brown's already out the door, if, especially if they lose a series. If they lose it in, in the next game, I think it's a wrap. This kind of feels like a Girardi of 17 with the Yankees feel. It's like they know he's well, gone. Well, has a championship. Well, what I'm saying, though, is that like they know he's gone, and they are, you know, even he would basically have to win the title for them to keep him. Absolutely, and I think if they lose this next game, it might be a blow-it-up situation. Yeah, even a Game 7 in Toronto. Completely change the team. So speaking of another series that's over, let's talk about the Boston Celtics. Wow. And the um, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I picked the Milwaukee, the Boston Celtics as a team on Mike Phillips' pod that could make a little noise in the second round and could really give the um, Milwaukee Bucks a hard time. What I didn't realize was that the Boston Celtics were going to play like it's fucking December and forget that it's playoff basketball and just completely lay down like a bunch of dead dogs. I didn't, I, I did not realize that. This is so weird. So we, all we did was talk about, you know, last week, it was eight days ago. We came on, Boston had won a, a dominant game one against the, against the Bucks in Milwaukee. Paul Pierce went on the air and said that the series is over at that time, the Celtics had won five straight playoff games. Remember, they just dispatched of the the Pacers effortlessly. Well, you should when there's a Victor Oladipo. And we said, Pacers. you know, was that we talked about whether that was great Celtics or bad Pacers, and we said it was somewhere in between. And then this is what has happened for the last six months. And this is what I've been trying to tell you, you know, time and time again. And it's not You're that right. they're absolved of talent. They are just completely all over the place. As far as they don't have an identity, Kyrie Irving is supposed to be the identity, and he, you know, for lack of a better phrase, he's the worst kind of identity. He's not, he doesn't have one. He's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. In yeah. some cases, he is the leader, and he's what, you know, they wanted to, he's what he wanted to be there for. And then the next case, he, he's distancing himself from his teammates. He has no interest in being there. He's got a foot out the door. He's, I mean, that, what he did in game five was or game four rather was inexplicably bad just hoisting up terrible shots turn style on defense but that's expected yeah but you could see like the morale of that team on the bench when Kyrie was just hucking up these awful well, everybody shots everybody wants to play they just ball. they just looked, no, they no you could tell the air was just coming out of that building I don't even blame my basketball father Brad Stevens because when everybody wants to play hero ball what can you really do to coach 
aside from during practice and everything, try and get the guys to play together. But at this this point in the season, you are what you are. And you've got everybody from Kyrie Irving all the way down to Morris on the on the bottom of the roster, one of the one of the lesser players just trying to play hero ball. When you get out there, you're trying to get your shots up. You're shooting a three with 18 seconds left in the shot clock when everybody else is standing around. There's nobody in the paint. I, I mean, the only guy who you can say gives hustle and whatnot is Al Horford. Yep. And there's really nothing you can do when it comes to that. Now, to look at it from the other side, a team that's playing really well together right now, shooting the ball great and has the greatest player on the planet, and my MVP is the Milwaukee Bucks. They look amazing. Oh, they look fantastic. And again, I mean, you can't take anything away from those guys. They were the one seed in the East for a reason. Giannis has been the best player all year. He's playing like that after that, you know, game one where he didn't bring it. They are playing the same style of basketball. And we saw Chris Middleton. He had an awful performance shooting the other night in game four. And yet it didn't matter because he did so many other things to help the team win. Eric Bledsoe played a little bit better. This team... You look at them, this has been the antithesis of the Boston Celtics. They've played together all year. They have continuity. They seem to really enjoy playing together. And people know their roles. And people know their roles. And Most the Cel- importantly. And the Celtics, they've had an identity crisis headlined by their best player in Kyrie Irving. He's gone all over the map the entire season. When things are good, things are good, and they look like they're unbeatable. But it's not forget. The Celtics went to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final last year without Kyrie Irving. I think there's a lot of guys on that team that believe that they can win without Kyrie. Kyrie's tried to take on this leadership role, and then he's taken a step back, admitted he was a bad leader, then seems like he wants to play second fiddle to another superstar, and then saying this is what they brought me here for. And He's just all over the place personality-wise, and I think that's really taken a toll on this team the entire season because you can, you know, we listen to a lot of analysts who've been around the team all year, and they've said, you know, they just have never seemed comfortable, even in spurts where they've played great. It's simply just because they have enough talent where they're going to win games and they're going to play really well. But there's nothing championship caliber about this team. Not at all. They're they're just not a winning team this year. Not a fun team at all. I mean, nobody wants to watch players go out there and play hero ball. Um, and honestly, before we move on to the West. The only way I think the Celtics keep Kyrie Irving is if they have a backdoor, back-channel agreement made with the New Orleans Pelicans and they're like, AD's coming, and if you sign, he's going to sign long-term. I think that's the only way Kyrie stays in Boston, period. You know Any other way, I think he's a Nick, a Net, a Laker, a Clipper. Yep. Something. You know what's funny, man? I don't even think that matters at this point. I think that Boston's had it with him and he's had it with them. I think, you know, Jalen Rose said on Get Up on ESPN the other day, he's like, not only will his teammates be happy he's gone, but they'll help him pack his bags. I think he's just an exhausting personality. And let this be a warning. I mean, we're both fans of fan bases that, listen, his odds yesterday after that game, the Nets became the favorite to land him and the Knicks were like slightly, slightly behind him. And... It's been speculated that he was going to go to the Knicks and he might go with KD. These are two personalities. And check from my article that I wrote yesterday that's going to be going up on sorrysports.com. I wrote about both of these guys as anomalies because they really are. There's no consistency in their personalities. They seem to be miserable all the time. Whether whether they're winning or losing, it doesn't seem to matter. Um, They're weird guys. They're out there. And to lesser of an extent with Durant, but more to an extent with Kyrie, 
I think we've seen. I mean, what better situation could you have had if you're Kyrie in his career? He plays second fiddle to LeBron. He makes the big shot in Game 7, wins a championship. He doesn't have to take any of the blame. You know, it's LeBron that's taken everything. He wants to go be the guy, and he gets to go to the Boston Celtics. You know, they were the one seed last year. And then this year, they're, you know, they're challenging for the East again. I mean, he has had so many good opportunities in his career to be happy. And same with Durant, you know, he just never seems like he's happy. So let this be a warning to whether it's the Knicks or the Nets or whomever gets these guys. You're going to have to deal with an emotional roller coaster. When it's when it's going well, it's going great. But when it's bad, I just can picture them in the New York media, especially if it's with the Knicks who have a fan base that's demanding championships if both these guys come. It could be a, it could be some really rough sledding there for a little bit. Well, if the Knicks and good vibes, good vibes to the both of them, good vibes to everyone. If the Knicks and the Nets, or if the Knicks land KD and Kyrie, I want you to remind me every time I'm about to bitch that the Knicks. Oh, have you take KD. your chances. You're going to be ecstatic. I mean, these are two guys that can win, whether they're you know miserable or happy. The only thing is, is that you know, with the demand being placed on them by a by a fan base with a franchise that's expecting them to win it all, and these guys don't seem to have the desire to deal with, you know, the San Francisco media or the Boston media or whomever, you're going to throw them in a Madison Square Garden in the New York Knicks media, things are totally different. But you I'm take so your chances down. and how you certainly want that. I'm so beaten down. You I have don't to, care. Yeah. I don't care if they tell the fans. I don't care if they tell me to my face when I'm wearing my press pass, go fuck myself and they wish I was dead. I'd say, all right, good game. Keep playing. There you go. Yeah, no, that's really... I don't care. From the days of Eddie Curry, yep. Latrell Sprewell, I mean, Jamal Crawford, Nate Robinson. Do I have to keep going? It's kind of funny, but no, you don't. We get no, the point. No, I don't. Um, no, obviously, you, you certainly hope that if you're a Knicks fan, if you're a Nets fan, you would take either of them as well. It's just clearly we see who these guys are. They're weird guys, but in this setting, Kyrie Irving... Boston's happy to see him go, and I think he's happy to leave. Let's go over to Western Conference. Let's talk about the Nuggets because I want to save I want to save the Dubs for last. Yeah, I do too. I mean, look at us on the same wavelength. Look we're good. That. We're almost a hundred episodes in. We're we're on the same page. This is good stuff. All right, the Denver Nuggets took a three-two lead by blowing out the Portland Trailblazers last night in I got Denver. To go to bed early, but I didn't. But Jokic I and Jamal Murray might be the best combo in the playoffs so far this year. It's hard to it's hard to argue with that, and then you got Paul Millsap playing incredibly well on top of that, and Gary Harris is doing a good job being a contributor. Oh yeah, I just think there's too many options to go against Portland, and at some point you knew the uh, the carousel or whatever you want to call it, the carriage was going to turn into a pumpkin on carousel or carriage. Carriage. Very different thing. The carriage was going to turn into a pumpkin on Cantor. He got go. he got a little banged up as well. So he had a separated say. shoulder, dude. He played four overtimes with a separated shoulder. He got a little dinged up. As separated well. shoulder. He was a little dinged up. That's all you have to say. All right, fine. Whatever you want to say. So you know whatever you want to say, it's fine. All right, he's all right. hurt. He's legitimately hurt. Well, but. I just think the bottom line is is that. The, the Nuggets have too many players playing well right now, and they're they're out dueling Portland. Well, you know, Willard and McCollum aren't playing the way that they did in the last series. Exactly. But Jokic has been an MVP candidate kind of player all year long, and obviously he's not going to win 
over Harden or Giannis. If he keeps this up as an all-star next year. Oh, yes. Absolutely. But Jokic is a freak, dude. I mean, this guy, he he's a guy, too, who, I mean, you've heard me say, big men can't be number one on a championship team. What's weird about him is, like, he's such a different kind of big man because his game is never going to change even in the next, like, 10 to 12 to 15 years. 100 years. He's going to be like, playing at the Y yeah, at 70 it's playing like, the same game. It literally doesn't – he's not a guy that has to, like, physically impose his will because – his passing is already perfect. His ability to rebound and his, you know, ability to shoot the ball. He's got a good touch. Yeah, it, it's it, it's second to none, and nobody can stop this guy. San Antonio couldn't do it. Portland's not doing it. I do think Portland will win Game Six at home and force a Game Seven, but I like Denver in this series. I think Denver wins. You think Denver wins Game Six mm-hmm. in Portland? I think yeah. Portland's beaten down. I think I think that four OT game. I mean, obviously, both teams had to play the game. Yeah, but I Portland think it took a lot more game. out of Portland than it did Denver. Which is weird because they won that game and they had game four at home. So I give a lot of credit to Denver to win that game because if you go down 2-1 and the next game's on the road after that, generally though those are game over situations. But yeah. um, I don't know. I feel like Lillard's got a game in him where he's just going to will them to, to a win. But regardless, I like Denver in this series. I did anyway. I had them beating um, Portland. Portland. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. But this has been a fun series. Absolutely. It really has. And I kind of made fun of this series because I was like, this is the one nobody's watching. And you've been watching. watching, haven't you? I have been. Yeah, there you go. I knew you were. When I can stay up. When I can stay up. Yes. Um, Mostly highlights. Let's move on to the NBA Finals. It just happens to be in the second round of the NBA playoffs. Oh, that's right. The Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors, this series has been already an all-timer. Totally agree. I got to give a lot of credit to the Houston Rockets because they could have let that, um, the refing in the in the first game and a little bit of the second, you could see it in the second game affect them. And they were able to come back and play incredibly well against the Warriors in games three and four. Steph Curry had a terrible game in game three and Klay Thompson had an even worse game in game four. Steph didn't have a great game. I believe he was 4 for 12 from 3. Inside the paint, he had a few layups. Draymond was going to the basket, but kind of with his head on fire, hair on fire, whatever you want to say. He's bald, so I guess his head on fire. Um, And he had a couple layups, but he also had a few where it went off the side of the backboard and it forced um, a Rockets fast break that ended up in a bucket or two. So, it wasn't really in the flow of their offense. KD obviously did his thing. He's probably the baddest man on the planet right now besides um, Kawhi Leonard. But, I mean, the Rockets ratcheted up the pace. They confused the Warriors. And then I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with how my Houston Rockets are playing right now. The Rockets would have swept Golden State if it wasn't for Kevin Durant on this team. Absolutely. And I want to say another thing that's really interesting before we go into the Rockets talking about the Warriors Honestly, and if you look at the rebounding numbers, there there would have been a few times where he would have been phased out, but Boogie Cousins could have really helped them in this series, and I told you it would affect them. You, you poo-pooed it, but I told you it would affect them. No, I didn't totally poo-poo it. I just said that they've won without him, and they didn't have him for the majority of the year, well, so it wasn't going to kill them. You wouldn't be able to play P.J. Tucker at the center position for almost the entire game, and also... 
I think Boogie Cousins would have given them the ability to run the offense through him. They probably would have gotten a lot more open threes, and they would have been able to slow that kind of hectic, weird. It's an odd pace. I hear what you're saying. I hear what it's, you're saying. Houston and, has and a very odd tell, pace. Nobody can say that Boogie Cousins playing would, would make things worse. But what I'm saying is, is that they the reason that this is 2-2 is because Steph Curry and Klay Thompson haven't done shit in yeah, this series. They have. Both of them have been... Really, by their standards, horrible. Well, it's and a Kevin Durant won game one and two for them. Iguodala's gotten his. Draymond's played well in spurts, as you mentioned. And it, and it's also because they're only playing six men. Like it they used don't have to be, a bench. It used to be that you would have Livingston and a few other guys come off the bench, and they would give you a good twelve points, couple assists, and, and be really locked in on defense. Livingston's been a negative. Looney's been getting put in a blender. I feel Bell bad hasn't for him. even played. Bell played six seconds at the end of the half. McCall. Is it McCall? I don't know if he's on. I don't he's even not know. even on the team. No, but it Bogan hasn't M. done anything. It starts with an M, though, the guy's name. A, 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 nobody on this team besides the starting five, and I guess Looney, has been able to have any bit of an impact. Or Iguodala, too. But. Yeah, but I count him as part of the starting five. Okay. Because you put Katie at the center. But nobody's been able to have any bit of an impact for this team, and Steph looks hurt, and he looks like he's lost, and Clay just looks like... I don't know. He's at, he's off on his own. I have no idea. He, Maybe he's got to foot out the door and we don't even know it. I don't know about that. But Shooters are going to shoot, and although they're two of the best shooters of all time that have played together at the same time, these guys, you know, we know shooters. When they're, when they're bad, they're bad. When they're missing, they're missing. And because Curry and Thompson haven't even been their average selves, this has allowed Houston to win two very close games. It took an overtime victory in Game Three, and it came down to the wire in Game Four. I don't. I, I, and if it wasn't for Durant doing what Durant's been doing in this postseason, this is a sweep by the Rockets so far. I can't wait for tonight. In about two hours, they're going to tip off. This could be the last game at Oracle. I think that the Warriors are going to take this game. They're at home. They know they need this game. When they know they need it. That's when they play their best. Me too. I could see Curry coming out and just catching fire. Thompson hitting a couple big threes. They want to. Yeah, and we could and, we could and completely forget the about these last too, two games and say how great the Warriors look and they're going to win the let's finals. Talk in about sweep. this though, man. You you mentioned the officiating from game one and how fortunately you know this hasn't been the overarching topic of discussion in this series. Thank God. But it I it, regardless of where or depending rather on where this series is being played, the refing is favoring the home team like no other. That's why tonight, I know people hate saying, a lot of people hate saying must win when it's not a must win. I think if the Rockets lose tonight, it's over. They need to win tonight. They need 40 out of James Harden. They need 25 out of Chris Paul. They need a double-double out of Capella. They need 25 From out Gordon. of Eric Gordon. And they need P.J. Tucker to play like he did in the game before this. And we haven't even talked about the Rockets yet, and honestly, for the last two games, I have nothing but good things to say about most of them. Yeah, but one of them that's not is Chris Paul. No, and, and Chris Paul played Chris all right. Chris Paul should have lost game three. What he was doing there at the end of regulation, trying to be the hero and getting the ball, getting tied up with Clay Thompson, what are you doing? Yeah. And then he's passing up wide open threes to pass. I'm telling you, 
This is why I don't consider Chris Paul a top point guard. Obviously, statistically, he is. But the guy doesn't... Everybody talks about what a dog he is and what a, what a hard-fought warrior he is. Dude, he he always came up short in, in Los Angeles with the Clippers. I don't give him any issues for those old Hornets teams in New Orleans. But here, again, when people say, like, oh, the Rockets would have won last year if Chris Paul didn't get hurt. I'm sorry. What... what Paul Pierce kind of Galvin is is Paul is Chris Paul doing in the playoffs that makes me believe that the Warriors couldn't come back and win two straight games. Chris no, Paul you're not wrong. And the not, other thing, and Chris Paul, if it, I'll tell you who won these games for the Rockets aside from Harden, obviously was was Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon Tucker. has been the second best player on the on the Houston Rockets. Oh, not even close. He's outplayed Clay Thompson head and shoulders above, without a doubt in my mind. And um, the other thing that's crazy about Chris Paul is, I mean, he's clearly, the guys still respect the dribble drive crossover into a fadeaway because he's getting those guys on the hezzy and he's he's hitting those jump shots. But when he goes to the basket, I mean, he did have two plays that I remember in my head where he, ha- where he got, he, one play he drove to the basket, he got caught up, and Eric Gordon, who I give more credit than Paul, did a beautiful cut, and Paul gave him a shovel pass for a layup. Yep. Had he not been there, it would have been a Chris Paul fadeaway with a hand in the face because he got caught. And the other one was he was caught up, and he threw up a floater that somehow went in. Aside from that, when you watch Chris Paul go to the basket, he's not blowing by guys anymore. His his dribble moves are still there, but the foot speed and the quickness isn't there anymore, and he's getting caught up. No, and he's caught... To the point where he has to pick up the basketball, either do a fadeaway or kick it out. And... I I mean, what did he have? Fourteen points and and maybe ten assists last game and a couple boards. He might have had a, he might have had more than ten rebounds. I don't remember. Regardless, you're not going to get the Chris Paul twenty-seven point, thirty-point outbursts anymore. This is what you need from Chris Paul to be a pain in the ass on defense. And when I say that, I don't mean he needs to lock up Steph Curry. I mean he needs to push Iguodala after a dead ball and Iguodala hurts his knee, or he needs to fucking elbow somebody when the refs aren't looking, or he needs to pull on somebody's shorts or step on somebody's shoes. He needs to be that antagonist and let Harden, Gordon, Capella. And PJ Tucker just go to work. I couldn't agree more. I mean, and this is the thing. Like you're talking about. Oh, and Austin got- Rivers play well too. Not to mention. Yeah, he has been. He he's been playing well ever since he came over. But you mentioned. Okay, he got caught in between on this. He got caught in between on this. That's all a microcosm of him being caught in between with what to do. Does he take over at points? It seems like when he's supposed to take over, he does one of two things. He forces things incredibly poorly to where he's in those difficult spots, or he passes up wide open opportunities. And the clutch factor is still not there. It's not there, you man. Saw, you saw he's it. He's not game, a clutch player. You saw it in game one. He missed a wide open three to put them back in the game. That might have been game two, where it would have put them down, I think, three points because they were down five. And you saw it in game four, where, yeah, they won the game, but there was a couple times where Chris Paul pulled, he pulled up for a dagger mid-range that would have sealed the game and he pulled up for a dagger three-pointer that would have sealed the game and it was not even close. No. This guy is not a clutch player. And like I said, that turnover in game three with Clay, who locked him up and it was again like I could have told you from my way, okay, Chris Paul has the ball with the set time winding down in a tie game in regulation. Yep, I will take my chances. Because Get the ball to Gordon or Harden. Especially Harden. This is how they've been winning the whole time. He's the MVP or the runner-up MVP. They've been winning because he's taken the last shot in big games and he's made them. Win or lose by Harden. Don't win or lose by Chris Paul. That era of Chris Paul's career should be done. 
and it has honestly never really even taken off. So yeah, that's tough. I, I, that's I, tough to say, but it's true. It's tough to say, and statistically, he's a top ten point guard. I'm never going to argue that. But with the people who are huge Chris Paul fans, it's like how many more cases do point I guard? have to show you? The point guard? No, he's not. Although, and did you hear John Morant claim Saw himself that. that he is? But um, no, he he's. I don't like point guards that shy away from the big moment. And as much as I think, you know, tying it back to the Sixers with Simmons, he seems like a guy that shies away from the big minutes and big moments. And he doesn't have a game that is conducive to being that guy. I mean, Tony Parker, you know, from a skill set point was never what Chris Paul was. He had, he had very good years, but nobody I'd rather have operating my offense in a big spot. Cause he's either going to make the pass even in his later years on that Kawhi team that won, or he's going to make the big shot and he's not going to shy away from the moment. All right, game six, or game, excuse me, game five predictions. What do you have? It's Oracle Arena. It's this Golden State Warriors. I got to go with the Warriors in this game. Yeah, if I'm going to give you an intelligent prediction on what I think's actually going to happen, the Warriors are going to win. If I'm going to give you what my heart wants to happen, we obviously know you know I want the Rockets because yeah. I'm going to look like a genius and you're going to look like an idiot. It's happened time. Tale as old as time. Can you remind me again how I'm going to look like an idiot if I pick the Golden State Warriors? Tale to win? as old as time. Tale as old as time. You're Sean. such. You're you're ridiculous. Good. Oh shit. Good vibes. You're a great guy, Sean. I love you. It's I just over. Kiss That's it. it. I just want to reach across the table. I, I don't listen. Kiss from you. how you let off this podcast to now, I don't want you doing anything like that. Goodbye to Frenchie as well, and even Will. Good vibes. Good vibes to everybody. Rockets are going down. The lottery's next week. Yeah. See if I can make it. Remember, it's not just the lottery too. You've also got free agency. Well, if if we don't win the lottery, it's over. No, I'm done with how? the good vibes. No, I'm no, done. no, 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 no. That doesn't make any I sense. I don't want Cam Reddish. I don't want fucking uh, the other guy. What's his name? R.J. Barrett. You're going to have a top three pick, and one of those guys you're either going to have as a building block of this team, or you're going to use in a trade for Anthony Davis. Yeah, true. I know. I'm right. You're a reactionary, yeah. crazy fan. If the Knicks get John Morant. That's perfect because then you probably don't even have to use him. We have a good point guard, Dennis Smith Jr. You would trade Dennis Smith Jr. (laughs) All right. Why don't we move on to some MLB because the NBA is heating up, but uh, so is the MLB. Are we going to lead off with the local team as per usual, the New York Yankees? We have to, and then we're going to do a full look around the league as, you know, we're over a month into the season already, which is crazy. The Yankees keep on winning, and they keep doing it with unsung heroes. And last night... They did it again. They were down 4-1 into the ninth, and Giovanni Urshela hit a game-tying two-run home run uh, after they had uh, scratched one run across. That was with two outs. Then Cameron Maben gets on base. And after a Brett Gardner walk, LeMayhew comes up, punches a base hit through the right side. Maben scores. Yankees steal that game out of nowhere. They had taken two of three from the Twins this weekend, who that was their first real litmus test. The Twins went into that series with the best record in baseball. I know the Mariners have been really, uh, really slumping lately, but they got off to a really hot start and they can hit. This Yankee team continues to find ways to win and the reinforcements are coming back. Already this weekend, we saw Andujar come back into the lineup. He's DHing predominantly because they can afford to let him do that. As Urshela has not only played great defense, but he's hit too. And my favorite guy, Clint Frazier. And Clint Frazier came back on Monday. So loving the kicks that he wears too. Oh, the, the Travis Scott with the, ones. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, well, the Travis Scott ones. He's worn. 
He's worn a lot of different pairs. He, he wore, wore the, the Jeter. Jeeps. He wore yep. the Jeter ones. He wore. I think he wore. Con- oh no, he wore Space Jam Elevens. I think either that or he's got him coming up. I follow him on Instagram. I'm gonna have to shoot him a DM and have him come on the pod because that's awesome. oh that would be awesome absolutely and he'd become the best ginger on this pod and you know what I'm fine to take a backseat to him go. that's not um, that tough though oh stop Hicks is uh, Hicks is due back either this weekend or early next week Stanton about a week or so after that Dee's starting extended spring games in about two weeks he's finishing his throwing program this team is starting Where's to Tula? get healthy again. I don't think Tulo's playing for the Yankees, to be perfectly honest. With his setback, I think that LeMahieu's playing second base and Glaber's playing short, and you'll work Didi back in. I'm not mad about it. No, I mean, he was a lottery ticket. If things worked out, that was, was going to be great. But, again, the depth on this team has been truly amazing. But Unfortunately, when you get a guy back, you got to give a guy away in this season. And uh, the Yankees had to give up Paxton to get Andahar back. I don't know right. who they're giving up for Frazier. I hope it's not. I mean, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who they're giving up for Frazier. Yeah. I'm hoping it's not uh, Urshela because he seems to be, I don't know, George George Brett out there or something. He's he was playing looking great really defense, good. which has never been his issue, but he's really hitting too. The thing with Paxton, thank God, what it's did just I tell a you, sore Sean? knee. What did I tell you? He's out for the year. You started going nuts with this. I thought it was good karma and good vibes. It is, but so, good karma, good vibes, James Paxton. I hope it's not true, but I just got a feeling in the in the bottom of my. It's stomach. a sore knee. He's expected to miss literally two starts. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, it's a, not an arm issue, thank God. Um, <laughs> true. So I'll take my chances there. Had the cortisone shot. Said he feels fine. Um, you just wait. He's going to come back. He's going to be missing all over the place. They're going to be like, oh, no, he can't push off that knee. We're going to find out. You I'm just going with off, of, all, off of what they've said. You got to try to be optimistic with these situations. But listen, optimistic is the Yankees continue to win. This team keeps winning games. Uh, they're trailing right now to Seattle, but they took the first two of this series. They'll wrap up the four-gamer tomorrow before heading down to Tampa, which will be a really big test because Tampa right now is still leading. The American League East, uh, they have a two-game lead over the Yankees. The other thing, too, is the Boston Red Sox have started to really win. And they've taken advantage of playing some terrible teams, and good for them. They As did the Yankees. As did the Yankees, and, you know, the Red Sox have started hitting. Their pitching's gotten better. They just suffered an injury with David Price. He's on the uh, IL with an elbow inflammation. Again, these things are going to happen, but... They've gotten to play the White Sox and the Orioles of late, and they're beating up on those teams, which they should. Yes, sir. Um, and back to Tampa, Blake Snell is dominant, and that team looks really good. How about Tyler Glass now? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, he's making a run early for Cy Young, and mm-hmm. that's a guy who they poached from from Pittsburgh in the Chris Archer trade. They obviously got the better of that trade. You know, they got Tommy Pham from St. Louis for hardly anything last year. He's been integral. We saw a lot of their young kids like Meadows come up last year. Uh, a couple others. Meadows they, is from Pittsburgh as well. Yeah, they, they've really been good. They've really gotten, they, they've really had such an awesome situation as far as bringing up young players at the right time. Willie Adamas, another one. Calling guys up. Blending them in, they're playing really well. They're prepared to play. Obviously, we know what they've done with their openers, but they obviously they have Snell, they have Glass now. They brought in Charlie Morton, who's had a really good start to the season. This team is really freaking good. They're they're for real. I mean, they were for real last year. They got lost in the shuffle of the Red Sox, who won 108, and the Yankees, who won 100. They won 90 games last year. This is a legitimately good team. I'm not going to be surprised if they win the division because as long as they don't suffer some serious injuries, 
they're the only team in this division that's really been healthy. But it'll be a good test for the Yanks this weekend. And then the following weekend, Tampa comes to the Bronx. So that'll be a pretty good litmus test, six games in, in a week between the two. Let's, uh, let's, let's continue move on to, the, to AL stay Central. In the AL Central. So the Minnesota Twins, as I mentioned before, when they came into Yankee Stadium, had the best record in baseball. They're four games up today uh, on Cleveland, who... Doesn't look all that good. Corey Kluber has the, had the broken arm. He's out for the year. He's out for they said for about six to seven more weeks. Yeah, probably. but he was pitching really poorly anyway. Yeah, uh, it, things just Bauer, haven't really. Bauer been. hasn't been as good as we, me, you, and I both predicted. No, but he's been really good. They haven't yeah. scored for him in a lot of his starts. No, not at all. And not at all. the other thing too is they haven't scored a lot of runs overall. I mean, we mentioned the Bauer starts, but they haven't scored a lot of runs overall. The White Sox. Well, they're, took they're it to top them. guys. I mean, Lindor has been injured the entire season. He just came back about a week and a half ago. So was Ramirez. Jose Ramirez has been, when playing, terrible, and he's also been hurt. The only guy who's really been hitting for them is Carlos Santana. Yeah, who Believe they brought back. And, and and the thing about the Twins. Uh, this reminds me a lot of the 2017 team. They're they good, have they're some young, pitching. and they're fun. Yep, and they can freaking hit. They they don't strike out a lot. Kepler's good. And they can hit. But, as and, well as Buxton. Yep, and, and listen, man, I look at this team. I mean, they brought in a Nelson Cruz, who's just a pro, who stabilizes that lineup. They're a really solid team. If they keep it up like this and the, and the Indians don't have that kind of run in them like they did in 2017... We started to see them fall off last year a little bit. Carrasco's hurt. Salazar's out. This might be the Twins' division to lose. I think I think that they, they have the upper hand, especially when you look at teams like the White Sox and the Tigers and the Royals, who are not good teams. Yeah, it's just tough because Cleveland just has so much talent with their pitching. They just can't stay healthy. I mean, even Clevenger's really good. They have probably, when healthy, including Kluber, the best one of the best starting staffs in baseball. And, oh, I, they I just absolutely. can't stay on the field. And, and you know what? The other thing too is, man, is the, aside from Brad Hand in their bullpen, their bullpen has been really poor. Yep. And we're going to talk, you know, about a lot of other teams, particularly in the National League, whose bullpens are so bad that it seems like I, I just can't believe none of these teams have over over overpaid for Kimbrel yet. Well, they're all in the Yankees except for Kimbrel. Exactly. That's what I'm saying is like with these bullpen problems, you would think that that guy would be would be in a bullpen already because time's a ticking. But to finish up in the American League, we'll head out west. The Houston Astros are three ahead of Seattle. They really haven't played great this year. They don't. They don't have to. Yeah. And they're still the cream. I mean, to me, they're still the cream of the crop of the American League. They do everything right. Pick them to win the World Series this year. No, I picked them to get. I picked them to lose to the Yankees in the championship series. I think did I pick you them to win the them. World Series? Yeah. Oh, good for me. Mm-hmm. And they're a great team. I mean, they're. they're, they're I, I still think that they're another starting pitcher short, and they could use a little help in their bullpen too, as most teams could. Even who the Yankees, whose bullpen is stacked, they're they've had struggles this year too. So, but listen, Seattle got off to a really hot start. They're starting to fade. They don't have the pitching, but they also can hit. The Angels got Otani back, and that's a fun story for baseball. I mean, Otani back hitting. Exactly. We know he's not pitching yet, the Tommy John, but he can hit. And you know what? That's exciting because you can see him now just in an isolated position of how even good of a hitter he is and get you that much more excited for next year when he can take the hill too. They got to figure out a way to do that. We know how great Trout is. We don't have to continue to gush over him. He's fantastic. He's the best player in baseball. That team sucks. Greatest of all time. 
team sucks. I know they do, but he's yep. the greatest of all time. Texas is no good. But Mike Fires last night for Oakland pitched his second career no hitter through 130. I didn't remember. Pitches. I didn't remember the first one. I think he threw it in Milwaukee, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember. But he's been with a bunch of teams. But uh, talented guy. Maybe it was Detroit. Couldn't I find can't his remember. Fit. But yeah, and he's a guy who's one game under 500 in his career and owns like a 4.11 ERA. But hey, two no hitters is hard to do. Kudos to him. The A's are still a dangerous team because they can hit and they have good enough pitching. I wonder if they're going to be able to sustain, you know, a, a level of of top tier play like they did last year. Remember they got really hot around June, July, and then they didn't get they didn't cool down until the Yankees took them out in the one game playoff. But this team has holes, but they're also good, especially at home. For some, they they are a really tough team to beat in Oakland. Let's go over to the National League. We'll start in the East. The Phillies are two and a half up on Atlanta, but the Phillies have not played very well in Bryce Harper's hearing boo birds. He had a grand slam a couple nights ago, but aside from that, I don't think he's really done much since the first week of the regular season. The rest of the team's playing pretty well, though, and their pitching's doing okay. Um, the Mets have really fallen off. We know Miami's not there, and the Nationals suck. The Nationals As bullpen. As per usual. The Nationals' bullpen is god-awful, and they also can't score runs. So with that mix, they're not winning many games. Yeah. I mean, Strasburg and Scherzer are pitching their butts off. Scherzer can't get a win. Strasburg has, you know, you're going to live with a couple of his. He's kind of like the National League version of Tanaka to me. He pitches well in big games, and he can go on a run where he looks dominant, but he's going to throw a couple clunkers out there where he just gets tattooed, and it looks like he didn't even know that he was supposed to pitch that day. Corbin's been really good. But it doesn't matter because every time these guys aren't pitching complete games, and when they come out, their bullpen's giving it up. And you know, with a couple of injuries here and there, Trey Turner's been out the whole year. Robles has been the only guy playing well. Yep, period. and Soto has seemed to ha- hit a little bit of a sophomore slump. It's okay. They miss Bryce Harper, and I think just from the presence in that lineup. But they can't score, and their bullpen destroys every lead that they have if they have one or puts a game further out of the reach. The NL East is not as strong as we originally predicted. No, and the New York Mets have gone into a tailspin. I think Mickey Callaway's on his way out sooner rather than later. He doesn't have a pulse of this team. The, the, we I think quest- it was a stupid hire in the first we place. We questioned whether they were going to score runs, and they're not. Pete Alonso has been incredible. He won the NL Rookie of the Month in April. Well-deserved. But that team doesn't have a whole lot there offensively. They're starting pitching. You know, DeGrom's come back and has looked awesome. He lost another tough game the other night in San Diego, and it's like 2018 all over again for him. Syndergaard, aside from that game last week where he pitched the complete game shutout and hit the home run, that the only run in that game against Cincinnati, he hasn't been tremendous either. Vargas is on the IL and has been ineffective. Match just went to the MRI tube. Oh, shocker. Steven Matz again on the IL or headed? Yeah, I told I I've I've always felt that way with Matz. He's a guy you just can't count on. And their bullpen strangely enough has been really flammable. I mean, Familia's coughed up a few, Diaz has coughed up a few. I thought that this team was going to be a lot better than they've been and I guess I should have just assumed that it's the Mets, but if I'm a Met fan, I'm loving Pete Alonso. I'm not loving the rest of this team. Aside from DeGrom, of course. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the NL Central. This one's a surprise because 
you and I both predicted that the Cubbies were going to have a down year. And, I mean, it's still early in the season, but what have they won, like, nine or ten straight? They're hot. They are hot right now. Yeah, them and the Yankees Clicking are the hottest teams cylinders. in baseball. Yeah, and, and the thing about them now is their starting pitching has been great, but they're finally hitting again. If they can get Darvish going, and since he's come over there from Texas, or he went somewhere else. Oh, L.A. The Dodgers, yeah. Texas traded him to L.A. Since he's come over, well, since he went to L.A. from Texas, People have been saying that ever since, and he has not been able to put it together. But if they can get him going even just a little bit and have him as a good number three starter, this team this team's playoff bound. Yeah, I Cardinals think so. have not been able to do much. I mean, Goldschmidt's been playing decent, but and Ozuna's been tearing the cover off the ball. But aside from that, their pitching has not been great, and their bullpen has been subpar. Yeah, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. I no, mean, they're no. only a half a game out. They're yeah. all bunched up. The Cubs the Brewers, did take care of them this past weekend, and the Brewers are only a half a game Brewers out. Brewers just need starting pitching. Yes. Which is what they needed last year, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, they got Gio Gonzalez back after he was released from the Yankees minor league contract, or he opted out of it, rather. Um, I look at the Cubs, and I still have a lot of questions because, listen, when they hit and they're playing well, yeah, this team has the – the players and the name brand guys that should be able to score runs and play well. But we've seen a lot, particularly towards last year, they go into a collective slump where they can't hit for a while. And I still have a lot of questions about their bullpen. Brandon Morrow is not healthy. Hey, yeah. we're just if they could put Hap, he's their version of Ian Hap in in right field as opposed to and Ian Hap was sent down this year because he was hit he was playing so poorly. I know, but if they could just get him a few at bats and just stick Hayward on the bench, which I know is hard to do on an NL team and a team that although they have money, they don't have the kind of money that the Yankees do, where they can just I don't even know what Ellsbury's doing right now. Maybe it's he's also harder with the National real League estate. too. Yeah, just in general, the National League, it's. It's just he's just an anchor out there in right field, just dragging him down. Yep. He's not holding him down; he's dragging him down. Yep, and you know that's that's kind of what they've been living with for the last few years with him. Tough, tough. He, I mean, the, it's it's not a good thing when the best thing that you're known for in your career as a uh, as a Chicago Cub is giving a speech during a rain delay that pumped up the team to have him win a World Series. Which is hilarious. Granted, they won the World Series, but... Right, which is because he was probably the last guy that was validated to give that speech since he was hey, it worked. being that anchor that pulled him down. Exactly, but yeah, the Cubs have actually been a surprise and, and kudos to them. I still have my serious doubts. I still think the Brewers are the, the class of this division. I like the Cardinals, too. Um, Goldschmidt's been great. Osuna's been great. Um, their pitching is, you know, a little bit empty. But, again, they're going to be in the thick of things. This could be a three-team race for sure. Yeah, this is going to be probably the most interesting division in baseball. But let's move on to the Dodgers-owned NL West. This one's not even close. No, it's not. The Dodgers are really good. The Padres are fun, but they're not good. Correct. I love Chris Paddock, though. Yeah, me too. The guy's fun. I liked him calling out Alonzo the other day. The Padres, you said it perfectly. They're not good, but they're fun. And Tatis Jr. is on the IL. He's coming back soon. This team's just going to continue to bring up top prospects, especially as the season goes on, because now they don't have to worry about service time. And it's like, we got to get a look at these guys. Machado has been playing great. No surprise. Haven't heard a lot about him because he plays in San Diego. I don't know how Hosmer's Also, playing. no surprise. Hosmer's been good. I mean, Hosmer's Hosmer. He, he definitely isn't worth the, the contract they gave him, but he's still a very good player. Will Myers hit a walk-off the other day. 
they're they're a fun team and they're going to be really good, but it's, they aren't yet. And the Dodgers are really good. This team can slug. I mean, they scored nine the other night as Hinjin Ryu threw a complete game shutout. The Dodgers are. I th- I think they're going back to the World Series again. I would be surprised. I mean, I'd be I'd, shocked if they did. I picked the Brewers, but they've been there two straight years now. It, it, is it really ridiculous to think that they could do it? Not with the way they're playing, and they're going to be able to walk through their division and rest a lot of guys. And that's the thing, too. I mean, in the, them in the regular season, it's an afterthought, particularly because, you know, last year you had the Diamondbacks and the Rockies who were at least threatening, and in the years past you had the Giants. And Bellinger's taken another leap forward well, this year. Well, they were talking about him not playing against lefties heading into the season. He is killing lefties. He's – him and Yelich – Right now are the two best players in the NL, and it's not even close. Not totally even remotely agree. close. Totally agree. So that's our that's our take on baseball so far. We're over a month in. We're hitting our first kind of barometer in a couple weeks. Memorial Day is kind of that first like high water mark where you look at the teams and start to see good vibes with the Yankees. Where you're going to be at? Good and, vibes. They're holding it together with band aids, spit, tape. Duct tape, you fucking name it, but yeah, they're no, doing they really it. are. I mean, they're playing about as well as you can with a lot of guys that you've never heard about and probably shouldn't be here. And listen, I know I said this last week, and I'm I'm imploring Yankee fans and people who watch the team feel good about the guys that are playing. Enjoy them. They are feel good stories because there aren't expectations for them to be great. Enjoy last night when you're down four one. And Urshela, Mabin, and LeMahieu are the heroes. Those nights are fun. But again, it's about a marathon. Baseball is a marathon. The season is a marathon. This has been a fun short sample size that has taken place against a lot of really bad teams and teams that are starting to come back to the pack a little bit like the Seattle Mariners. If the Yankees have any hopes of winning this year, they need Stanton in this lineup. They need Judge in this lineup. They need Didi in this lineup. They need Frazier. They need Hicks. They need Severino back. They need Batances in the bullpen. All of these guys have to come back for this team to accomplish the goal that they want. And listen, I'm a huge Urshela fan. I hope they find a way to keep him on the team because even though he's only a third baseman, this guy is an elite defensive third baseman, and he's shown that he can hit. And Duhar's going to have questions with his shoulder. I can see a lot of situations where Duhar plays for six innings, and they take him out because you have enough offense rest in the lineup if everyone else is healthy. And Urshela is not an automatic out. You're going to have to find a way to keep a guy like Tyro Estrada on this roster because he can play everywhere, and he's shown even the outfield now. Tyler Wade, I think, is trade bait. I think Mike Ford, I think Mike Talkman, I think Brett Gardner is going to become the fourth outfielder and Frazier is going to assume left field duties. Everybody enjoy what we're seeing. This is a fun team to root for. This is a feel-good Yankee team. Like I said last week, you don't get that happy when Stanton hits a walk-off or Judge or you know guys like that because you expect them to. That's why they're here. They're some of the best players in the game. But... Those are also guys that have a pedigree. They know what they're doing. They're proven veterans and they're proven productive players. This team, these guys have been on picked up off the scrap heap from the AAA for a reason. Absolutely. So two more things about baseball, pretty much about the Yankees before we move on to our next topic. Sonny Gray check-in. This is a former Yankee check-in. 
He is still looking for his first win as a Cincinnati Red, but it's really not his fault because he's averaging a little over a strikeout per inning and pitching to a 3.89 ERA, which, you know, he's, you're not going to win a Cy Young with those numbers, but again, would we have taken that as the 4-5 four, four, starter as a Yankee last year? Absolutely. Yes. Second thing, I got to ask your opinion on this. What's Greg Bird? What's, what's he up to? What are we doing? So he's out of the walking boot from what I heard. I mean, plantar fasciitis is a... It's a tricky injury. It could take longer with some guys than others. But I'm not even going to worry about that. I put him in the same class as Ellsbury. He's not playing again for the Yankees. And the reason being, and I know I said it last week, and you're like, whoa. Luke Voigt won player of the week last week. He is the starting first baseman of this team. The Yankees have found their next starting first baseman. And it's not open to interpretation in my opinion anymore. Luke Voigt is a legitimate major league player who, since he came over to the Yankees last year, has the most home runs in baseball even more than Yelich. So this is a guy who, with legitimate pop. He's more than just a power hitter. He's a good on-base guy, and he also can hit the ball to all fields. When he's hot, he's really good. And you know what, too? Thank God, knock on wood, anything because of this the way this season's been going. There you go, Tom. Take care, man. Thank Got you. Got it. He, he's actually playing. Yeah, he's Greg not Greg Bird's not playing. Greg Bird hasn't been playing a full season ever, actually. 2015, he came up halfway through the year for Teixeira. In 16, God, 2015. In 16, he missed the whole season it's with the shoulder. five years but that ago. But that was Teixeira's last year, so he wasn't expected to take the job anyway. In 17, remember, he breaks. He has the best spring training ever, breaks camp, isn't hitting. People are wondering why. Had the broken bone in the foot. Comes back in September, is mashing. Hits that big home run off Miller. Has a couple big hits in the Houston series. We think we've got him. Last year has a not great spring training. We wonder what's going on. He doesn't. Opening day hasn't even started. He's hurt. Comes back. Never really found a rhythm. And then Voigt comes over and kind of took it from him. There was the battle this year in spring training. Both guys were hitting. And then, of course, Bird comes up. He's not hitting when he was playing. Voigt was. And then he got hurt. This is just how this guy's career has gone. He's going to be involved in a trade. It's unfortunate because there was a lot of promise with him. But the bright side of things, we don't have to see Chris Carter. We don't have to see guys like that. Luke Voigt is the first baseman of this team. And... I think he's a guy that Yankee fans feel really good about because of his personality, because of the way he plays the game, and he's also productive, which is always helpful. Absolutely. So just wanted to get a quick check-in, check the temperature on Greg Bird. I could see where it lies. It has not changed. All right, so let's talk about the Kentucky Derby. Um, I don't really care about it. Uh, I guess, Sean, you care about it a little bit because there's some history behind it. I, I, I just I told you before the pod, I'm sorry I can't watch a five hour pregame to watch a no couple of horses you to watch a five run around game. a track for three minutes. Not even. How long does that thing last? That's like two. Yeah, two minutes. And then I don't even fucking understand what an interference is. Okay. These are wild animals. One tapped one. <laughs> you well, expect these jockeys to to drive them like they're a fucking the only reason like they're like like they're driving I, I don't even know. Even cars. I mean, come on. If you ain't rubbing, you ain't racing or whatever that shit is called in NASCAR. They should have the same thing in horse racing if you ask me. I want to get a check on whether that's an actual saying. But the only reason I'm bringing this up is because, dude, this story dominated the sports world for the last few days. And listen, it's a well, quasi-sport. Well, guess what? Sport. Game of Thrones dominates. 
Well, we do have a Thrones segment. Yeah, we so have, we have, Thrones, we have Thrones, Thrones porn coming up. But no, so what happens is, is maximum security, the horse wins easily. It's not even close. Everybody's collecting their money. And another reason this is important to talk about is just because of the, the gambling and the betting that goes on. I mean, horse racing generates an insane amount of money. The Kentucky Derby is one of the three prominent races of the year. If this was just a regular race, I wouldn't have given two shits. I threw a little capital on it. Whatever. No big deal. I didn't win, even after the objection. So maximum security wins. It seems obvious. No one. And then there's an objection thrown in there that allowed Country House to end up winning. What happened was, was apparently this horse, Maximum Security, in, comes cuts across, interferes. And my question is, is why wasn't the second place horse the winner? But I see why it was a big deal, especially once they slowed it down, because it could have been a pileup. Like, this could have resulted, like, the hooves did touch. Like, this could have been a really bad situation. Well, they all race so close you see, anyways. Yeah, but you could have seen, like, I mean, you could, jockeys down, horses down. It could have been on a really bad track. It's like the third year in a row it was pouring oh, rain. Oh, then it would have been a story. Yeah. But yeah it's not a, not, there was a pile up. not a good one. Hopefully everybody lived, but it you know, it would have been a most story. likely not. Um, and definitely not the horses. If one of those legs is broken, that's no. It's tough it's, stuff. It's tough stuff. But it was Thank interesting. God it didn't happen. Yeah, but it was interesting because it took like 25 minutes, and I'm sitting and I was out in public watching this watching this thing, and people are. You say out in public like it's like it's a fucking huge deal. It is. You say I was I out in be, public I like I like, was at the derby. Well, oh, I, I was out in public. No, because you know me. I, I need to be secluded from people sometimes. I'm not. I don't really want to deal with them. <laughs> I left the Fine, house. I, was, <laughs> I did. I decided to grace the humanity with my presence on Saturday night. So I'm watching, and everybody's, you know, it had money on it, right on it, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I don't really understand. Like, there's an objection. I don't know how this works. Did they have one of those? Um one of those like NFL refs, do they have a specialist from the Derby come on and break it down for you? You know what's funny is they actually did. Uh, and I'm saying, they did. And, and they're like, this is decision. They is paid gonna... this guy for this that's never happened in history. But how in the, the hell history. does this, this horse end up winning? Country House wasn't the second place horse. Makes no goddamn sense to me. I still don't have answers. I tried listening to commentary. A lot of the prominent sports shows had experts on. I don't know how you can be an expert in horse racing. I don't know anything about horse racing. All I know is that this was freaking crazy because they t- overturned a, a huge decision. Millions of dollars across the world are being th- lost on this thing. But the one thing I didn't like where people were like, I heard from a couple of guys, they're like, this is just like the NFC Championship game. No, it is not. The NFC Championship game ruined an entire fan base, an entire franchise, an entire team of 53 guys and coaches and staffs and general managers and, and an owner. Well, you don't and know, you don't know what's going to happen to that jockey that. and that horse. This you don't know what's going to happen. Well, again, though, it, it, this isn't ruining, like, this isn't anything close to the Saints being, you know, completely ripped off by the refs. This is a this is one kind of objection. It ruined one jockey. The owner had two other horses. He's like Bob Baffert, who's like the king of horse training. I don't know. I didn't get it. But it was captivating because in 145 years of this shit, this has never happened before. Well, the Derby must be a big deal because it brought you out in public, which I guess is a big thing. It is a big thing. All right, so let's move on to the segment that everyone has been waiting for. 
It's a weekly thing. Sean and I sit in front of our TVs and don't watch this show every single Sunday night at 9 o'clock. Thrones porn, everybody. And this is brought to you, as always, by SorrySports.com. Check out the website. There's going to be some new articles coming up soon. So we promised you that we were going to watch an episode. We didn't. We didn't promise you when. I'm going to say it. I'm the CEO. I'm going to put it on wax right now. Jesus Christ. I promise you. Good vibes all around. I promise you. We will watch. Sean and I will together watch an episode and record. There's two left. A sorry short before the series ends. There's two left. Sean and I will watch one of the last (laughs) two episodes together. It doesn't have to be on Sunday night. It doesn't have to be. We can watch it after it premiered. People want to hear our take anyways over everybody else. Oh, I'm going to die, but we'll be okay. okay. We will watch an episode before this is ending, and then we will give you a full recap. What what season are we watching from? Season 8, I believe. Oh, so no, we're going we to watch the most recent episode. Oh, okay. I'm not just going to jump into episode 1. No, I want I want to be so far, I, I want to be locked in. I want to be up with every with everybody. We're not going to I want to be We don't know what the hell's going I on. I want to fucking kick open the door at Starbucks and be like, "Did you guys fucking see that last episode of Game of Thrones with the fucking and the incest and the dragon beads and the and the yellow walkers?" White walkers. And and I know that and the dragon and one died and shit and I just I need to get into that Starbucks and I need to close everybody's laptop that's in there and I need to smash over their cold brew and just be like did you guys see that last fucking episode strong to be honest with you I I'll watch this and I'm looking forward to watching it as somebody who has no idea what's going on because again I don't understand why the Thrones fans can't just have this to themselves. It's not a personal attack if we're not watching. And if you really want us to watch it, then we're going to watch it. And I'm going to give my commentary. You're going to give yours. And it's going to be a lot of mocking it. And I'm looking forward to that. Don't give anything away. We're not going to mock it. We're going to do it like we do every week. We watch these episodes every week anyways. Yeah. Remember, this is Thrones Board. We got to pretend like we watch it. Thrones Board. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be honest with you, we got two episodes left of listening to people. That gives us two weeks to watch at least one episode. No, wait. The most previous. Yeah, two weeks, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like a week and a half. Like a week and a half. It's only six episodes this year. Yeah, there's two episodes left. We got like a week and a half to cram in one. I want to get people's commentary. The real Thrones fans start start sending us some tweets at Sorry Sports. That's right. Email us. Honestly, Sorry Sports at Yahoo.com. Thank you. Let us know what we're missing. And on top of that, too, tell us how good it is. Tell us what's going on. We have to be in the know because when we record this pod, I, I want to I be all in. I want to be all in. Oh, don't get me wrong. When we watch this show, I'm going to take notes for the pod. I'm going to know what Doing, doing a little homework. Yeah. Good for you. Absolutely. I'm going to have bullet points and shit, stuff we're going to talk about, stuff we're going to hit. This is going to be a big deal. I'm looking forward to it. This is really going to diversify our, our audience. Uh, everybody listening, uh, I'm sure that this is probably your favorite segment. Um, and probably because you also don't watch it. But you're going to have to embrace it just with us. We're going to welcome you on board. We're going to give you a chance to really feel like you're sitting in the living room with us as we as we watch this thing. You're going to be enjoying it for the first time, as are we. And then it's over. And then it's done. And I can't freaking wait. Are you nervous you're going to get hooked? No. Oh, okay. Absolutely I'm not. I'm a little nervous. I know you are. 
I'm a little nervous. I'm a contrarian. You know that. I Anything else outside, we just talked about how I don't like going out in public. Uh, I'm good there. You're going to get suckered in with the rest, and then I'm going to have to hear about it. No, 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 no. You're going to be gone. Type. You're going to go MIA for a long time. I'm not time. that type. You are. You're going to go MIA. You're going to be binging this series left and right. I'm going to be calling you, asking where you're at. What are you doing? You're going to be in your refrigerator box <laughs> watching Thrones porn, and I'm going to be left out on my own, not with <laughs> without my co-host slash CEO to do this podcast. Don't do this to me, man. Does Frenchie watch Thrones? No. Well, you got him and you got Will. Will definitely doesn't watch Thrones. All right, good. I'll, I'll keep. I'll keep. I'll keep it together with those guys. All right. So check out the website. Within the next couple of days, we'll have a lot more articles running about tennis, football, basketball, baseball, and we will be back next week. Absolutely. All Take right, care, guys. guys. Have a good weekend.